0: Heyo! Welcome everyone to episode 96 of Today in the Scene. I'm Joe with Indie Arcade Wave, and I just want to say thank you for checking us out. If you like what we're doing here at Indie Arcade Wave, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. It helps us build the wave, and then we can all ride it forward. So, I've got someone special on today, someone that I've been talking to for uh, five, four or five years now, about indie games and just arcades in general. Um, he comes from West Virginia, where he owns an arcade called Starport Arcade. I have had Chris Myers on the show before, but... We're going to bring him back on. So how are you doing, Chris?
1: Hey, brother. How's it going?
0: It's going well. I'm uh, excited to talk to you again. It's always so long between conversations with us, but it's always so enjoyable when we talk.
1: Well, Um, we've been chatting on text a little bit, so it's not like, you know, we're still connected. But yeah,
0: anytime you want to have me, this is like one of the few things I love doing. So, (laughs) Sweet. Well, we'll just jump right in and kind of let you tell people who you are. So just give us an intro. Who is Chris Myers?
1: Chris Myers, I'm the owner of Starport Arcade and Pub, the the brand Starport. I also own Triangle Amusements, which is like my amusement company. Uh, in the intro, you said I was from West Virginia. I'm actually from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We have a route that runs in uh, the state of Pennsylvania, Ohio, Maryland, Kentucky, Indiana, West Virginia, and Virginia. And we touch on a little bit of uh, Northwestern New York. So I do coin op amusements in all those states. Everything from indie games, pinball, jukeboxes, dartboards, pool tables, you name it, we do it. If it takes coins, we probably do it or have done it. Um yeah, that's that's pretty much the best I could do. But I obviously you have me on here because I love indie games and and I feel like um, you know, I've I've probably purchased more indie games than anyone I know, but maybe not, you know. Uh and I'm always looking to add to my collection. I know Dan Fessler is uh is coming out with a new game I'm really excited about, so
0: yeah, I mean, I think you summed it up pretty good there like I, I've known you've been doing coin outs for a really long time and yeah Dan's game we just had him on the other day. I'll throw that interview up in the corner so people can see it yeah, check
1: it out, man. Dan's uh, doing something really cool game. yeah
0: Every, everything DSM releases is awesome. And I just I know he's got yeah. three or four more in the pipeline. I can't wait to see him. But hey just- man. Yep. tell us tell us how you got started like how did starport come to be and how did you get into coinop
1: yeah I mean I was adopted by someone who uh, was in the coin operated business and when I became 18 I was nat- it was a natural progression you know I was uh, I was doing it since I was 18 matter of fact I just paid my license to be an operator in, in the city of Pittsburgh for the 21st time i I have the original stamp from it was 2001, the year I graduated high school was the first year I put my first jukebox out there. And, um, and I never looked back, man. I mean, I went to college and I worked a normal job like part-time or full-time while I was doing coin out part-time and I just couldn't be stuck to a cubicle. It was, uh, it was brutal. So once I, um, decided to go full-time with it, you know, we just kept expanding and growing and, you know this is in a time when games were relatively cheap now nothing's cheap so it's uh, it's a whole different thing i don't know how i'd get started today to be honest but um you know and then the indie game scene kind of blew up for me like 2015 i started hearing a lot about it you know chatted up with Brian Lee and the guys from uh, Bumblebear and you know brought on Killer Queen and then from that point you know contacted Shane Went to MGC, got a, bought a Cosmotrons, met Tony there, bought a death ball, talked to Dan, you know, and then it just keeps going. Like then, then people started referring me to, uh, to, uh, other smaller, even smaller operations and the people we just named. And, uh, there were some really interesting developments, you know, just before, and I walked in to grab the Starport hoodie. I, you know, we were, um, Rob was here in my shop, maybe about four weeks ago with one of our technicians to do an update on uh, the armed and gelatinous. So Starport potentially is going to go under a 3000 square foot addition to the current site, which is 12,000 square feet. And um, that's where the, there'll be an indie game section there right now. We're uh, we're full with games that were customer requests. And uh, if we take that expansion, we're hoping to get that done sometime in November then every indie game that I own will be there, which is maybe like a dozen different games. So I'm excited. I know all the guys that that know how I feel about indie games are excited just because it's another chance and we try to operate their games, um, you know, like they should be operated. I feel like sometimes when I go and play these games out in the wild, they just haven't been maintained. Um, yeah, and then, uh, you know, the, the new one I got actually that I haven't had that I never really had. I've been talking to the guy for a while was the retro raccoons, I guess, incredible technologies picked up his development, uh, the development of his game and kind of refit the cabinet to one of their standardized size cabinets. And it's been pretty cool. People really like it. So,
0: yeah, I love that you have all these Indies and you're right. Your collection is very large. I think there's like two, maybe three people I know in the country that have a collection as large as yours or larger, and that would be Mark from Wonderville because he builds custom indie cabinets all the time. He would be a cool person for you to talk to. You might find something you like. But uh, Yeah,
1: you should hook me up, man. I'd love to
0: talk to him. I definitely will link that up. And you kind of mentioned that you have all these indies. Um, why did you feel like taking the risk on these indies? And what is it about them that you love so much?
1: You know, um, ultimately, you know, really, really started off with Killer Queen, uh, Zach Pullman from Abari Game Bar. Now it's super Abari. He just reopened. Shout out to Zach. Um, he just uh he had Killer Queen and he had leased a cab off them and then he ended up buying one. And um you know, I went and played it. Obviously, I liked it. And then I had a little connection to Magfest and those games were there certainly a few times that I was there. So um, you know, I saw how polished it was and how How, like, you know, it was pretty uh, well-rounded, polished, had, like, uh, a a deeper kind of rule set game. So I was pretty excited to get one. Um, And that was in, you know, at the same time we were opening the first Starport. So it was, like, a no-brainer to have something like that, bring that to the community. So we did that. And then, um, realistically, once I saw that, there was a lot of effort from those guys to do these things um and 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 they really most of the people i met in the indie community like when i met shane and um jeez his name's escaping me now he's on he's on here somewhere let me let me uh let me jump into my notes here shane and dave dave yeah dave dave furrer i think his name was yeah so then I, i met shane and dave and i wanted Cosmotrons. it was so cool I mean, that cabinet has won, like, the uh, arcade game of the the show many times. I mean, I'm looking at a lot of awards for that cab. Um, I think I got six awards total. I've sent Shane a couple of them over the years just because, you know, that's awesome. I think it's a good accolade for them. But, you know, then we got involved with that, and um, so it turned into, like, a snowball effect. Like, I was seeking out people, trying to meet people. You know, try to do my part to help the small developers uh, succeed, you know, put them in a a location that's, you know, a marquee location. I mean, you know, Starport probably puts close to a half million people through that building every year. So it gets people's eyes on something they haven't seen before. And we get a lot of questions about it. Um, You know, we always try to refer those people to, you know, the developers or the um, manufacturers or however whoever the end contact is, um, you know, one of the things about coin out though, you know, in general is people are always surprised what games cost. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, to me, that's the game, you know, you have to, you have to be able to purchase the game to be able, you know, it's a, it's an upfront cost. It's a little bit higher than what people assume. But, um, so now I just fell in love with like the community. It's really about the people, you know, like the guys like you and, and dylan and all everybody from all the different uh manufacturers or or developers you know when you call for support you're talking to the guy that made it and um and they're passionate about what they make and resolving issues with the game and you know it's it's so much better of an experience i'm not i'm not knocking our big manufacturers and coin up they do a great job but i mean they probably handle a thousand calls a day you know so the personal experience, the passion, going to the shows, meeting these people, you know, it's something that I was like, really, I really liked. It was, it was nice to see, you know, meet everybody and then, you know, try to make their game sustainable in our arcade. And I mean, you know, it's an uphill battle because, you know, there's not brand recognition with those things. Like, you know, that's like our biggest hurdle when you have, you know, a, eight to 15 year old kid in the arcade they know all the licenses from the pinball machines or they know jurassic park or halo or you know even um minecraft is another one that's like huge for us like we love mine it's a great product and um you know with get drawing them to the um indie games is like you know there's a challenge in that you know one of the things i always thought was if i ever you know, and I have a uh, we have four developers on our staff full time that work for me, or for, excuse me, for our company. We work together on developing games. I've never released an indie game yet. I have several that are made and polished, but it's like, you know, I don't I don't want to put it in like, you know, a standard cab. I want to make sure it's something like cosmotron or something like that, just because that game got gravitated to because of how it looked. I always tell the story that when we first got it, we put it right in the front where the front door was for the entrance at the old starport. And I can't tell you how many people came in and thought it was a retro game. Like they thought it was uh, some vector game that they'd never seen before. And, you know, a lot of people played that game based on that, you know. And then I always say, one of the other things I say about indie games is, you know, it brings in an audience that will stay at your establishment. So you can't really base it off of, you know, the earnings on the game. If you own the establishment, like an arcade bar, then it's worth it to roll the dice on one of these games because it's something that most of your competitors won't have or it won't be prevalent in your area. It's not like you're going to have like, you know, there's 12 Jurassic Parks within 10 miles of starport, you know, but we still have it and still earns well. But I mean, you know, having the indie games is like, it gives an opportunity for someone to play something different and then that that uh, that's like a, a cult following of people that come to your bar to be there, you know, for, I would say a significant amount of time. And one lesson I've learned is you're never going to make more coins than you are going to do on alcohol. So, you know, you, if you can look at it that way and monetize with the cabinet costs, it's worth it to to try some of these indie games. You know, I mean, I stand on that because, you know, anywhere we've had them, they've uh they've certainly brought people to to the bar and you know they've never been the best earners in your in your location but they've been the best draw in a lot of scenarios so if that answers your question
0: yeah i think that's a good answer to it it's the, you're right it's that unique aspect of you having the only one in the state like period oh, yeah. the state so when you have the collection like you have and you have seven or eight games that are the only one in the state. Sure, it makes people want to come to Starport, and that's clearly something that sets you apart. What else about Starport sets you apart from other arcades in your area?
1: Um, well, in our area, you know, we're we're probably about sixty-five miles from Pittsburgh, and I still don't think even in Pittsburgh, we're working on a project in Pittsburgh right now. We have we have a few arcades in Pittsburgh that are pretty big, um, but with Starport. It's just like, uh, it, it ha- it's not like a Dave and Buster's. Everyone asks me if it's like Dave and Buster's. And I'm like, well, you know, the difference between us and Dave and Buster's, we have 20 pinball machines at Starport, or we have a retro game section or an indie game section. Um, you know, we have redemption games, self-redemption games. We have some of the Raw Thrills games, you know. Um, but that's the difference. Like, when you go to Dave and Buster's to spot tickets... And it's about like fast play games. You know, they go on a square footage calculation that I wouldn't even dream of doing. Um, but um, the, the reality is you can play things like if you're an, if you're a uh, 40, I'm almost 40. So if you're my age, you'll see a lot of things there that <laughs> you used to like. And then the kids see a lot of things there that they recognize with like, you know, licenses that are relevant to today. So and that's how we make that introduction to the indie games. I mean, one of my favorite stories just about, you know, indie games in general is, you know, I became really good friends with someone that we used to compete against each other at Donkey Kong, like pretty heavily. I would go into Starport at like four in the morning and flick a couple of the games on while I was going through the audits and doing doing some of the uh, management functions of the of the establishment. And I'd try to beat Jim's score on Donkey Kong. Okay. And eventually I'd beat it. He's much better than me at it. But. So I started to like just you know say to him. I'd text him and be like, "Hey, we became pretty good friends," and I'd say, "Play Black Emperor." Like I want to see how, how you know it's it's a different mechanic, it's a different dynamic. It's like retro style, but it's it's a new game. And I mean, now he's like the biggest fan of that game. And then the same thing happened. We started to play that against each other, and then we started to play Switch and Shoot against each other. And I mean. I was late for work many nights. I got I I go I used to go down to Starport every six weeks to kind of like settle things up, and um you know, meet with my management staff that was there, and um, you know I would be at like three in the morning. We'd close at three. They'd get the place shut down. We'd talk. We'd have like an hour meeting with the staff, and that was how tight my schedule was. And then afterwards, I would like you know go through some of the audits you know, get any any game um repairs that needed done that I could do or or get get a log to a technician and then um and spend like, you know, fifteen minutes playing games that compete. I, I played a game of switch and shoot once and I was so close to like, you know, beating his score and we were going and, going and going I mean I lost track of time. I got a phone call while I was at Starport for the customer I was supposed to meet at six AM and he was like, Where are you? I was actually late cause I was playing switch and shoot. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's the truth, man. It's so crazy to say that, but I mean, and that's part of like what I think is the, I mean, I, I've played every game and for me to be attracted to some of these indie games really is like, um, I think it just needs a chance, like opportunity to be played. And then I think a lot of people will like them. I mean, you know, I, you know, it's just, you got to give it a chance. You know, that's the thing people go into arcade. If they're going to spend five bucks, they tend to gravitate to what they know. But like, you know, once you kind of get an intimate feel for the arcade, especially starport, you know, I mean our downstairs where we have our retros and indies and all that right now, it's like, there's no lights, but like very little accent light. So it's like, it's like the old school arcade. When you walk into the basement of starport, the current starport, it doesn't feel like a basement. First of all, and second, it um, it has that old 80s arcade feel to it. I love it. You know, just seeing the marquees or light in the space. It's just, you know, that's what I think brings, gravitates, you know, the, the older generation that used to play these games to that. And then you can sometimes liaison them into, you know, an indie game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds like you're unique for your area by means of, one, having the indies, two, having like a really good balance of like, I mean, I'm, the Redemptions, I'm assuming you have, like, claw machines and stuff like that.
1: We have some of that, yeah.
0: And then you've got, obviously, like, some of the newer games from Roth Thrills. You've got sure. the old retro games. Like, there's just yep. a really nice balance. Usually you find a lot of arcade bars that are, like, purely retro or they have, like, new yep. stuff. Or there's not a whole lot. And you're, you're super right about just giving it a chance. Like, yep. I think the indie scene just needs arcade owners to just take the risk like if you have if you're selling alcohol and that's your main moneymaker like take the risk on an indie it might pay off big you have no idea on that one your community might really like it
1: i agree i mean like that's why i said what i said i mean it's not i didn't say that to just put words in there i i'm not you know i try to connect with a lot of a lot of arcade bar owners message me on facebook and things like that i try to talk to them about that you know just add it to your business plan even if you buy one a year to change it up you know Um, you'll pay $12,000 for a pinball. That's going to take two years to earn its money back, you know, throw, throw that in the hat or in the pot too. I mean, you know, and it gives you something different. Like, you know, we're not, these small arcade owners are not, we're not going to be Dave and Busters. We're not going to be CEC entertainment or player one amusements. It's just not going to, you know, I mean, it would take you even, even the large ones like the pins mechanicals that are out there, you know, that. I wish they would do that, like, I mean, because it's another way to get that stuff recognized. You know, some of the bigger arcades that are in Pittsburgh that aren't uh, operated by me, you know, they never have indie games, and I can never convince the operators to do it. I just, you know, I don't know. I, and, of course, there's, like, there's like a conundrum, too. Like, I own Starport, so, like, it's not, it's not like, you know, if I buy a game, I'm making the alcohol sales off it, so I don't have to worry about, like, you know, the issues with that. But once the game's paid for, it's really cool to take it to other sites that we have that are not owned by me. And it gets to be put in an even more unique environment. We've done it before. We've done pop-up arcades. Uh, The Downtown Partnership in Pittsburgh has had like Children's Festival for many years. I've I've had almost all the indie games there. Special events they have down there. You see the Cosmopolitan. We always had indie games there. Um, Just to get those games in front of um, people that are, you know, I don't want to call them famous, but people that are like actors or or or, um, or bands or things like that. So it's another way to get some cool advertising t- for indie games.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's perfect. And you're someone that I, I mean, I've met so many people along the journey of like running indie arcade wave. But you've got a ton of experience in the coin-operating space, and you have tons of games, different routes. You're in, I mean, what did you say? Like seven, eight, 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 eight states, yeah, states, so. eight states, yeah. We so just let's hear from you, like in your experience what earns the best like someone's about to open an arcade you mm-hmm. said it might be pretty tough right now but they're looking at mm-hmm. games like what games should they be looking to get to get their earnings rolling
1: so you mean indie games or any games any games like
0: pinball an- anything
1: any games yeah i mean honestly for the track record with Roth thrill driving and shooting games i mean i know they're expensive but they just hold up like it's it's not a secret you know, I have Jurassic Park games that have absolutely been beat down to the core at movie theaters, at bowling centers, at Starport. I mean, and, and, and they just keep going. So when you're starting out, having maintenance issues right out of the gates is terrible for your for your site to have to go through those type of trials and tribulations. It's you know, very,
0: so, very fast here.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody wants – like, it's funny because, you know, I get this message probably weekly hey, I have 30 arcade games in my basement and I'm thinking about starting this arcade bar by my house. And it's like, okay, you turn your games on like once a week and play you know, with your wife or your kids or whatever. But when they are on, when monitors are on 16 hours a day and people are coming in there and spilling things on them, beating on them, I mean, our technician staff, the things they have to do to keep the games running you know, big shout out to all my all, all my guys and gals on that side. I mean, they they totally bulletproof some of these games, and even after that, they may see that game that they just bulletproofed a week later. It's not, you know, it's not. They are absolutely, um, you know, they're what we need, and and that's that's the other biggest thing is like everyone that's like a dream dreaming about having that arcade i love the idea i mean i really think the rising tide raises all ships i don't see it as like a um as like a a competition thing like i i would i wish we had an arcade right next to starport and we can as long as you did something slightly different it would be good for everyone but um you know the maintenance issues with games that are 35 and 40 years old are a little bit different. I mean, especially our vector games, Joe, I mean, we have a guy that just repairs vector monitors like constantly. You know what I mean? Like every time it's something else, but yeah, I would say stick with like, if you can, if you can, uh, you know, intertwine some, some modern games into that, uh, into that retro and pinball world that, that, that makes the arcade cool. Um, I would say to do that, um, you know, getting into redemptions, even like a whole nother thing, you know, um, It can be costly. You can make mistakes that are that are five figure mistakes in redemption. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing that, but like stick with like the things that we know are are well made, any product from ice, raw thrills, you know, and then sprinkle in the the love for the indie crowd because I mean that will set you apart from someone else that's kind of doing the same thing, you know. I don't I don't like it to be bland, you know. We have a rule at Starport too. We trade out at least fifteen percent of the inventory every month. Like, that's just, I always do that. You know, we have a large collection of games. We have guys working around the clock, um, maintaining and fixing these games and and putting them in a pile or, you know, in, in the side of the warehouse that's ready to go. I review that. We get requests from customers all the time, and we try to honor those requests, and it's pretty cool. I mean, on Starport's Facebook page right now, someone just said to me, you took Dig Dug out. I love Dig Dug. And I'm like, well, you know, it'll be back because you won't be the only person that complains that it's gone. So, and that's where like probably that 3,000 foot expansion will help a lot of that. Like, you know, I think we have like 90 games in there right now, but really our goal is to have about 120 games. So hopefully with that expansion, we're supposed to build a party room uh, that's roughly 900 square foot just for the party room. So I think, you know, even that'll help kind of, because for for some of our parties, we'll put games on free play in the party room as part of the party package, and people like that. A lot of times, people will, if they if they book a party out far enough, they'll they'll make a request, and then I can actually I can actually honor it, you know. And like it's kind of cool whenever someone asks for something as silly as like I want a Star Wars cockpit for my party, and I'm like, okay, we'll see what we can do. Can't make any promises. And they show up, and it's there, and like what? Yeah, so it's kind of neat. But, um, but that would be my recommendation. Like stick with some modern stuff that's going to, you know, the, the retro games and the indies and pinball, obviously I support that. I want you to do that. But to get, get your footing, you know, you don't want to be fixing everything that you have in there on a regular basis.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one thing that I always tell owners with the indie games is it, it may not like, it may be a little more expensive than you want to, for right now but you're not going to be do ma- doing maintenance on that cabinet like, no you you're barely gonna have anything we've had a, a cabinet at glitch bar down in florida for over two and a half years now i think and yeah, we probably not we've them, Sent yeah. them joysticks yeah like that's it like yep. just the joystick top somebody was on spring break they took their trophy yeah. they twisted the top off it. so yeah we haven't even had any issues with it so that's big like just be ready for that as a yeah yeah
1: yeah. Oh my God. Like that's if that's the biggest problem you have, man, that's great. That the pack battle royale, I I, I should probably have stock in the company that builds the ball tops for Namco. I can't. I mean, I probably have a hundred of them at my shop because I put them in in my my van every time I go out on my route because I'm, I'm gonna run into one. You're probably and I, gonna have to fix it. Yeah. And we well they they just take them and like I don't. But, I mean I've done everything man some someone really went to the length of getting them off because i I basically got tired of it and we we like we epoxied them onto the or or put all like the the thread the the thread lock on whatever, them yeah. yeah lock tight <laughs> i mean and they still somehow get them off, so if you're one of those people, you're a jerk <laughs> but yeah, I mean
0: you earned it at the same time if you got it yeah, off. if you
1: got it off, I mean you know you did what you did, but shout out to you so.
0: So you obviously have just an insane collection between like all of the places, all the coin-ops and everything you're running. Sure. What games are you on the hunt for? Like, I feel like these are probably really specific, rare games. Like, What are you looking for right now?
1: Honestly, there's only one arcade game I'm looking for. I pretty much got everything on that side. Pinball, um, 1978 till current. I have every game that was a production game. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, the only game I'm looking for is Magic the Gathering. I think it was a Konami game pretty rare um if anyone out there has one and wants to email me chris at starportarcade.com i assure you that i will not negotiate your price for the most part unless you are absolutely insane i will be happy to pay you what you would like for that game that's pretty much the only one i don't have i mean and that's i'm looking at made main production games like you know i'm not necessarily looking at like do 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 i have some you know, uh, remake of something, or do I have, um, what's the other way I'm trying to say, like, you know, if it wasn't a production game, you know, I may want it, and I do have some that aren't production, um, Cloak and Dagger comes to mind, I have an original Cloak and Dagger uh, prototype cabinet, and, you know, it, it was like more of a conversion game, but like, you know, anything that was a production game, I'm interested in you know, having, but I don't think there's anything out there. I mean, if you'd asked me this question 10 years ago, I'd had you a nice list, but I hunted those down pretty hard. I knew a lot of operators in the Midwest, you know, that we that we had just had to buy 200 cabinets to get one I wanted. <laughs> it was a nightmare. I I'd have to send you some pictures, man, of like semi-trailers where we laid down cabinets four and five high, stacked up on a tall boy 53-footer. <laughs> yeah like and then and then getting them off like was just i don't know the first time i did it i remember saying like i need to have a forklift at this shop like it's crazy to unload these and then the next day my guys had a tow truck driver bring the forklift from our main shop to our smaller shop we were loading it was like we're never doing that again like it was terrifying it was we, we got a huge load from oklahoma i think it was like uh might have been like four or five hundred cabinets total and it was just to take it like it wasn't the operator was like, "If you take, if you need, if you want that cabinet, you have to take everything." I am like, "Okay, what's everything?" Well, he owned an, he, a retired aircraft base. He bought it, so there were like plane hangars filled with games. I think it was actually it was Oklahoma, and the base like spanned in the, the. We had another one that was in like Arkansas, so we were like just digging games out of everywhere. Snakes chasing us, like it was crazy, <laughs> you know. And that was that was the time. Like people always ask, like, "How did you get so many games?" I mean you know, I've been doing this for 21 years, uh, you know, as my career. And then um, before that, I was even, you know, I, I was adopted by an operator and we were working with, um, I knew a lot of people in his network. So they would just give us stuff like, hey, you fix this monitor for me. Here's take these five pinball machines. It's like, I would say probably half my collection I didn't pay for and the other half is Stern. <laughs> so I paid a lot of money for those, but... Um, but they, you know, it was um, it was great though. It was like it was it was a cool ride. I mean, now I don't do that anymore. I don't really hunt anything's that anything down. Very rarely, there's a handful of people that I'm trying to talk into like um, when they retire to not just throw their games away, and and uh, it's a battle because they like the day they like. I have a guy right now that's that's four hours from me that truly just wants to demolish his building, and that's it. And, and he wants to sell the property with no building on it. Supposedly it's going to be worth more that way as an old train building on it. And I'm like, dude, like before you do that, call me. I I will take – he probably has 100 classic games in there. And he doesn't want paid for them. He just doesn't want to have to deal with the hassle of getting rid of them. So there are still some old school operators out there. One other guy I know out in – um, it's Montana. And uh, it's crazy to me that like this guy in the middle of nowhere just – when he's done, he just wants to, like, light it on fire. He doesn't want to, like, sell his games or known him for 20 years, been seeing him at IAPA for 15 years. I mean, guy's 80 years old now. He's ready to retire, and, you know, he just wants to be done. Yeah, it's just it's wild that they're still out there. Like, knowing that the games are worth so much, like, I get the most ridiculous offers from our locations. sometimes. I'll see a post-it note on a game saying, I will give you $5,000 for this. I'm like, I don't want to sell it, but like, thank you. It's flattering, you know. So,
0: well, I mean, sounds like you've got pretty much everything, and that Magic: The Gathering game would be really cool. So, if anybody has that, yeah, no, I know not two people that.
1: that have it, but they're they're not they're not wanting to let it go. <laughs> no, then they're not like they're not huge collectors. The one person that has it is like, he could benefit from selling it to me. I would give him like any pinball he wanted, and I have all of them. So, yeah.
0: Well, that's pretty much everything I had for you, Chris. So I guess just shout out social media Is Where can people find Starport and where can they find you?
1: Yeah, shout out, uh, you know, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, all those things. Search Starport Arcade and Pub. Um, you know, I'm not a big social media guy. I have like 500 friends and I cut like five people a week. So it's not like, you know, um, but yeah, just check us out there. Um, but really dude, shout out to the whole indie scene. I think it's important that we try to support that community. You know, everybody that has a dream of having an arcade or making an arcade game, this is how you support, uh, that dream for someone else. So, you know, we try to do that as much as we can. We love all our people that, that make these indie games and that support them. So thank you very much. And as always, Joe, you know how to get me,
0: man. Give me a yell. Always. It's, it's easy to get in touch with you. I just shoot you a taxi. Let me know. But, uh, That's pretty much everything for today. So if you guys liked uh, what we're doing here at Indie Arcade Wave, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Helps us a ton. Helps us grow. Helps us support more indie developers and arcades. And don't forget to check out Starport Arcade and Pub. It's an awesome place. He's got a whole indie room coming soon. So don't miss out on that. But until next time, peace.